This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. All right. It's been a, another relatively eventful week in the rugby league offseason. Nothing ever truly stops. Um, so let's just jump straight into it, Mitchell. We'll get to some questions in the rookie take bracket a little bit later, but there's a bunch of news since last week, and we have to start with Polo Gate, I feel. Mate, the... Um, the takes never never die, do they, in rugby league? And this is another great example. If of anyone missed this, the takes are. if anyone missed this, just in case, Billy Almekikau signed for the Bulldogs, and was uh, there was leaked security camera footage of him posing for photos with Phil Gould and Trent Barrett whilst in a Bulldogs polo, which is not something that's traditionally done when a player signs with a new team and still is going on to play another season with their current team. Um, a lot of questions arose. I mean, the least the least uh, questionable thing was, oh, how did this get out? It's, well, some guy saw it on the security camera. That that part's not a mystery to me. The mystery is why it was happening in the first place. <laughs> yes, that's it. Like, how did it get out? It's like whatever. You, these it's it's a club facility with security cameras. Probably some dude sitting in the Olympic Park somewhere, you know. And there's one of the security buildings there watching the cameras and didn't think anything of it. Sent it to his mates and it went further and further. That doesn't matter. The 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 mystery you're trying to solve, Bungard, is like, what the fuck was the point of the photo? Because, like, it was like some shoddy photo in some random room, but that was is that what they're going to do? Announce the photo with him in a polo next to Gus and Bent when they bear up when they announced it? I don't know. Well, because here's the but thing, like, right? Because people go to me, oh, it's it's so the photo's there when he joins next year. It's like, no, photos take <laughs> okay, s- several things. Yeah. Photos take two seconds to take. Uh, yes. Ignoring that. Ignoring that. Uh, first of all, you've got the, the shirt will be outdated by the time that photo is published, if it's published in a year's time. Um, you don't know if Phil Gould will be there. You don't know if Trent Barrett will be there. And yes. you don't know if Iliama Kikau will have the same haircut. There are so many reasons why this makes absolutely no sense. And, and I'm sorry, it, it is completely and utterly insane that you would sit on a photo for 12 to 13 months. Just so to say it. 10 seconds later on down the line. So I have no idea why this was done. Yeah. It's, I have no idea why it was done. Firstly, that that's the, like, what was it done so they could share it internally? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, the second part was like, nobody seemed to care about why it was done. Pe- Field was furious at the leak for some reason. Old Gus Gould apologized to Penrith. Like, like yeah. what are you going to call? Hey, look, we stole him, but. The photo. We didn't want the photo. And not even taking the photo. It's the fact that the photo was published before we wanted it to be. That's why yes. That's why I'm very sorry. Yes. But the other thing is people, people so angry about the polo was the other funny part of it because it's, it's different to Benji and the Auckland Blues thing because that was strung out on TV. He was talking about his, his next move for months. Yeah, you know. Then he eventually does the announcement on TV in a rugby union jersey or whatever, and he looked checked out as well. You know, he's playing like he was checked out, and it was all dramatic. The Kikau thing signing for the Bulldogs came from goddamn nowhere. And yeah. what's the difference to him signing with the, for the other club and wearing a polo? Like, what does? What, like, oh my god, that, that's disgusting. He has to turn up for us tomorrow and train with us tomorrow, or whatever garbage. And obviously, the, the players don't care that much. Jerome Luai was sledging him about it 
during the bus yeah. parade. I'm sorry, the timing is hilarious, by the way, that the open That's top it. bus parade through Penrith was the next day and that he did get booed by a few Panthers fans. That part's about being funny. booed. But it's like, mate, you're, you're leaving. That's going to happen. But the other funny, really funny part of this is the number of Penrith fans calling to move him on early as if they did not just see the benefits of keeping a good player around that time with it. Like with the Bulldogs too. The guy signed, the other one signed with the yeah. Bulldogs. But he scored a try year. in the grand final. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, just, just move him on. Like, and, you know, we can talk about the deal in a moment with Kakao, mm. but it's like Penrith letting him go early. It's not, they wouldn't have crossed their mind for one second. They have no back sure. rowers now. Like Kurt Capewell's gone. They have Liam Martin and they have nobody. They brought yeah. like Chris Smith back, who is like, you know, in his late 20s, been at 1,500 clubs. And he's nobody. They have nobody. Yeah. They're not letting Kikau go a year early. Um, yeah, so that's a um, good thing you mentioned the the deal. And I think we can uh, tie that into our next point on the news document, which is that uh, Isaiah Papali has signed with the Tigers, which I think is an absolutely fantastic signing for them. The money is, I think, 200 grand a year less or so than Kikau's getting at the Bulldogs, if we believe reports. Um, for a guy who probably had as much, if not more, output in 2021, I think it's a fantastic signing. I don't know why some people are being negative about it. It's possible they just don't watch rugby league at all, but a cracking get for the West Tigers, the team of the podcast. Yeah, as always, there's never any nuance to any of these takes. And, you know, those two contracts, I think the Kikau contract is terrible. I think it's terrible. That's a man who Kikau has, was still good this year. He's still a good back rower, but he wasn't good every week. wasn't good for full ladies, ended up benched. And in, in an era in rugby league where the rules were changed for guys like his profile to dominate, he wasn't dominating. Like this year, Kikau, you know, he's, he's, it's going to be two years now. He'll be 28 the start of that season, you know. And the players like him, you don't remain explosive forever. Mm. You just don't. And he, he'll still be big, but he won't be as explosive. But this year, right, he scored nine tries. It's still a lot for a back rower. But he scored nine tries in a team, pissing the competition in for half of it. But those yeah. tries came in a 28-0 drubbing of the Bulldogs in round two. He scored twice. He scored twice in round four when Manly still sucked, 46-6. He scored when, when they beat the Sharks, 48-0. He scored when they pumped you guys, South 56-12. The mm. closest games he scored in were 30-16 to 16 wins, which a lot right. of the games weren't close, but it just every, like most of Kikau's performance point to the cherry on top of a good, top, good side. And for some yeah. reason, everyone is hailing that signing because he's been better for longer. I think it's a lot of money. Um, in and, years. And years. And I don't think he's a guy who's going to go to a developing team and just take over games. I think, as you said, no. he's a very complimentary type player. I think Papali, I think the Papali signing is a bit of a win-win because, um, and I wrote about this, because it, it's, I understand Parramatta's logic. I don't know where, like, obviously you just have to put aside the fact that they've, clearly mismanage their cup at some point if they're letting having to let guys like him go. But um, if it's a choice between keeping him and retaining all three of their big three, and they've already re-signed Gutherson, that came out the next day. Um, still waiting to see what happens with Paulo and Reed Marnie. But yeah, Papali is a great player, but those three guys are obviously much more important in terms of retention than him, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a bit of pill for them because Papale is a guy that, you know, again, called him with sign of the season before the season started on this podcast. Long-time fans. And I know it's easy to say these type of guys, that lots of talented guys like the Warriors, whatever, and they let them go. But they often make mistakes. Often they're right. Like Tuilo here, they were right about, for example. But Papale, he was always good when he played first grade. Oops, sorry, not my mic, people. Uh, 
always good when he played first grade. Finally went went to the Eels and just carved it this year. But obviously the, the negative of that carving on a minimum deal is that he's not going to stay a minimum deal forever for the mm. for Parramatta. It's just more the, the mismanagement for mine is how like for mine he was like a sign it and figure it out later guy because you don't have to be under the cap for 2023 or 2024 now. You have to be under the cap till like next year, you know? Mm. So they're looking at letting Ryan Madison go. They've lost near Corey. I just thought I would have signed Papa Lee and figured it out. And they, their original offer was kind of insulting, like 400K for how good he'd been. But it is quite funny how fans, like, at what point do you have, like, how long do you have to be good for until we can be cool with the contract? Yeah. Because the, the, the seemed to be the majority of the takes on Papa Lee's contract were that it was shithouse, the offer. And it's like, he was the best back row in the competition this season. And mm. yes, it's only one year, but he'd been looked good in the past. He's 23, freshly 23. So he's like, he just turned 23 in September. So he's, you know, not like one of those, like he's a bit young for that. He's a lot of experience for his age still, but he'll go to the bull. By the time he goes to the Tigers, sorry, he'll be just 24. Still in his prime for a back rower. Still good years ahead of him. Still in his athletic prime as a player. Can play in the middle, can play on the edge. Shown this year that he was capable of doing both roles for, for Parramatta. Shown he was capable of doing both off the bench. Broke a bazillion tackles. It looks like a fantastic signing for them. And the, like, the majority media take was it was overspent. And it's just like, did you guys like watch Papaletti play this year? Or like... Um, yeah. <laughs> not a big enough name? I, I saw some of the names his deal was getting compared to. And it's just laughable. Like... I'm sorry. He's better than Victor Radley at rugby league. He just is. He's oh, a better player. That was player. a funny one. Uh, he's a funny like, one. A dumb <laughs> article saying who he was getting paid more than this year. Like next, but like it was their salaries now versus his 2023 salary. And it's like one of them was Payne Haas. Like Payne Haas is going to be over a million dollars in 2023. What a yeah. dumb comparison. Mm. <laughs> Payne Haas is pretty good. He is. No, yeah. uh, it's like, yeah, you can pick out, you can do that with every single contract, pick out the five or 10 players who are better and making less. But well, the Adam the Reynolds they... deal is actually bad for the Broncos because Luke Brooks is also getting paid that much. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> but it's like, that, that list that you mentioned there had like, what? It was like Radley. Uh, I can't remember. It was like, but it was like, he had a better year than all of them this season by probably Payne Haas. The, the I list will try of like and eight find players. It, but yeah. It was okay. He was better than like all of them this year. And, yeah, maybe it's it's his best ever year, but I don't understand what regression they're expecting from Papali because he was good at the Warriors when he played, yeah, and he was upset at the Warriors there when they just they were they were messing him around. He wasn't part of their future. That's when he wanted to get out, and it was one of those ones. It's it's I don't know why, but we I have no idea why he had no interest in the preseason, and he ended up with the Eels of the Steel. But yeah, I think that's um, a fantastic signing. Uh, Victor Radley, Payne Haas, Dalfinuk, and Christian Welch and Tino. He had a better uh, year than like three and maybe four of those guys. The ones I'm yeah. saying maybe is maybe Christian Welch. Christian Welch is pretty good. Um, it's the same, but like he, he had, had, had and like Dale Finucane probably got he got like that much money anyway. But he's also old. Like they're getting a dude going into his prime for that, and they're, they're also the part we're leaving out here. They're the goddamn West Tigers. They don't get good contracts. Like that's a great no, contract. That's for them. the whole point. It's when you're bad, you have to pay people. Yeah, so do I. I think, um, yeah. Uh, well, he's on, he's on less money than they pay Josh Reynolds, him. Russell Packer, or Ben Madalino. Well, yes. And also, if you want to do the whole compare him to other things, he's getting less money than the guy who he took the spot of at Parramatta is getting on his new deal that he signed 
three days earlier for the Warriors. We don't know what we don't know what the Warriors are doing. We don't want to know. Okay, that's rugby league media over here. We have no idea what they're doing. We don't know about it. But that's yeah, it. I thought that was weird. And the Kikau, it's just the difference areas. I think Kikau's got he's already had his best years. Mm. I think they're behind Viliami. It's in another year and a half. And as you said, he's going, he's not really the type of guy who's going to break games open for a team on the back foot. I know the Bulldogs don't plan on being a team on the back foot by then. But they've like they the things they have to do is there's word that they can't afford to keep guys like Luke Thompson. You know, they're making those decisions and biting that bullet. But it's to mine, it's going to be a squad with holes in it still. It's just different holes in 2023, the Bulldog squad. Yeah. So yeah. Just, it's just interesting how the, how the take cycle goes. But yeah, Penrith will be a little aggrieved, but I actually think they, they should be relieved they're not paying kick out 750 plus, in my opinion. It's a difference between clubs that stay at the top, like Melbourne, uh, the, the Roosters and South, and the clubs that were at the top and then fall away, like the Cowboys in Brisbane, is that when Billy Kikau gets 800K and goes somewhere else, you just let it happen. And I know Penrith didn't want to lose him, but it's like, that's kind of like, you know, the Cowboys did the keep the boys together thing and it went terribly. And Penrith wanted to do the keep the boys together thing and it's not going to work out like that. But that's what good teams at the top have to do is prioritize signings, rotate the rest of the roster and see how it goes. And Penrith have lost Kikau and Capewell and Burton and they'll lose some more. Now they lost Mantle, no one they didn't notice. Like we'll see what happens this year, next year and the year after that. But if if they're going to be one of those genuine perennial contenders, we'll now see what they do in response to that. But the positive is for mine is that they didn't overpay those guys. That they didn't have they could have overpaid one of Capewell kick out or match those deals, and they didn't. It's true. Um, but I thought they were gonna be together forever and stay for the, the, the game. Oh, the, I still love like the, the Brian Fletcher, the CEO there, just needs to just stop talking. It's hilarious. But I did still love that like, Jerome Law. I was like confused when his mates went elsewhere. Like it's like mate, like he's like, oh, I just thought we were gonna like play on the same team forever. It's like, well, Jerome, you see, when you take lots of money, and your friends want lots of money, they can still get lots of money, but it just can't be with you. That's yeah. how this works. You can't you can't all stay there. Um. Yeah. And whilst on the topic of Papali, uh, Gutherson re-signs as well. Um, just an interesting player. Like, I don't know how big the market was for him, but they said he was off contract, but there wasn't that sort of like the clamoring around teams circling for Clint Gutherson as there was for several other guys on this list and, you know, several other guys who haven't signed yet, like Brandon Smith and Jerome Hughes. But I think it's good for Parramatta. I don't know how much they're paying him, but, um, you know, he's a very popular player there, the club captain. Um, I, I I don't know. What do you think? I mean, do you think what do you think this shows about their ambition? I guess do you think like uh, they have to keep like in their spot they have to keep him. He's yeah. he's part of like, what makes them tick there. But as you said, I think he's that classic case that I don't think the market for him is as big as you know he says it is, and his agent says it is. And they've quite a few times now tested Parramatta's will. They tested it like what last year with the re-signing. And the other offers aren't there. They're just not. Because he's, want, he's wanting to go to the highest bidder and it doesn't exist. Parramatta are the highest bidder. It's like sometimes, you know, you hear, like when Tom Flegler re-signed for the Broncos and they said, oh, 600K, he was getting offered more elsewhere. It's like, you show me the actual piece of paper with it, like on a contract that had a bigger offer than that. Because I don't believe you. Gutherson's the same thing as I think he's he's a, he's a good player. He's in that you know top five six range of fullbacks in the, in the competition. Mm. I'm just not so, sure there was a market 
elsewhere to pay him that money. It just feels like if you're a club looking to pay near a million dollars for a fullback, they would have looked somewhere else. Yeah, but I think that's true. He's, he's, he's worth more to Parramatta than he is to other teams. I think that's fair. I think it's good re-signing. Um, Dylan Walker re-signed with Manly. So did Carl Lawton, who we neglected in our handsome 13 all those weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, and what I think Cade, what happened to Cade Custard? He he's gone to England. He's gone to England. England so that's it. What am I saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Dylan Walker one's fine. I guess he got vaxxed. <laughs> I don't know, but I guess so. But he, yeah, he's yeah. re-signed. Yeah, uh, I think that list is down to about 10 players, they say now. We don't know what the list is. Dwindling. To. It'll be just Josh Parley posting weird Nazi memes before it'll you know be it. Ju- like, yeah, just four Raiders players will be in a month yeah, now. It'll be funny. weird. The, t- the, city, uh, the government city. Yeah, look, um, it's very funny that it's there. It is. Um, Alex Paul re-signed with the Tigers. Decent player. It's fine, I guess. Um, I'd let him but walk, you, but that's just but my also, opinion. I don't know how much money he's on. It can't be that much, right? No, I don't. I totally reckon he's one of those guys that'll come out in like a year or two that he's on like six hundred k. Okay, knows. well, if that's the that's case, what, then yeah, fine. But that's what that, uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. But that's to, that's what I believe. I think he's overrated by the Tigers and Tigers faithful because of the numbers he puts up. Like you know, he's tackle Yeah, it's one of those ones. Always oh, tackle efficiency is great. It's like yeah, okay. Remember that game against the Bulldogs where they got uh, got absolutely mauled by a shit Bulldogs team. Mm. Go, go and watch where Alex Hall is on all those tries again, and you tell me how many tackles he misses. Just standing still watching guys running past him. Yeah, but if you don't <laughs> so, touch them, it doesn't count as a yeah. tackle. So. Yeah. Like that, uh, you might remember that try they conceded when they when the tie, Bulldogs went blind and it was like right down in the Tigers, like 20, and they had and the numbers were even. Oh, yeah. That Bulldogs was pathetic. Were, yeah. yeah. Alex Hall was the guy who screwed that up, but you don't oh. see. You just, you just no. wobbly. It's efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I just don't think um, he's as good as people think he is. So. We did forget there is one other unvaccinated player, and that is John Asiato. Although I guess he's technically no longer an NRL player. Oh, he's on the list there. Yeah, mate. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, no, because the, the you do you, John. Yeah. yeah, you do you, John. Uh, I mean, go find that tra- that trade site that'll give you one eighty k to and yeah. Uh, I can't get my head around it. Well, that's fine. Um. Uh, and Tino Fusumawali, big money extension uh, with the Titans, fends off fends off interest from the Dolphins. Uh, he's a great player. So that's good. It feels weird that we're talking about Tino Fusumawali contract extensions, given he's only been at the Titans for one season. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't love the extension either. But like, you know, he's one of their be- one of their best players. I had to do it. But what it's you- like, what is it, three and a half million dollars again? Like eight hundred k a year again? I was like, I don't know. What do you make but, of the Titans? I already is, don't is think this they, a good they, use of their money. They don't know. Like, they don't know what to do with it. Like I already well, think that like, this year they weren't. They made the finals, but they were not a, not a finals footy team. You know, as I said that when we spoke, we spoke about them. Like they're going again. They're going to stay with a highly flawed roster when they've paid him. They've paid Mofo. They've paid for feeder. They've paid like Isaac Liu to go up down the bench. They're going to just have holes in the team, and that's just. Well, it's like, you know, you look at their you look at their spine as well. Obviously, no more Ash Taylor. What they're going to do with Jaden Campbell and AJ Brimson and all that stuff, you know, but that, that remains up in the air. Um, they, but then, like, oh, what are they going to do? Is like, is Will Smith going to play? Like Toby Sexton, Aaron Clark, Tanner Boyd. Like, I mean, of those lot, I think Aaron is the best option as like a backup half. But like. Who well, else Aaron's going to be really? the starting fucking hooker. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that's the problem. That's the problem right? <laughs> well, they've got Aaron Booth. 
Yeah. Like, I know, like, like, we haven't really spoken about the, the Jamal Fogarty thing. And it's one of those signings for the for the Raiders. They'll probably be happier with it when, once footy started because everyone wants a better halfback than Jamal Fogarty. But they've gone through having worse. So he might be, he'll be okay for them, I think. But, and I understand the tit- why the Titans did it as well, give Toby Sexton a run. But you've not left much meat on the bone, have you? Not left much margin of it for error. Like if he if he's not going well, we can't really spell him for a few weeks. And then the hooker that was the main thing I was going to say. The hooker position there is just fucked, <laughs> and Where's, they're going up. Mitch Rain's gone. That's sad. And what's what's the plan? Like they're going up to Brandon Smith, and the word is, and the, nobody up bloody knows. The word is now it's down to the Roosters and the, and the Dolphins. Nobody knows ship it. Sorry, in the Dolphins. So Titans aren't even in that in that last thing. Roosters or the Dolphins, you know. I but will if, be very annoyed if the Roosters get Brandon Smith. Yeah, but it'll just be one of those things, mate. Like if they if that's their plan A, is their plan B really? Is Aaron Clark really going to start hook at hooker for them? It does. I mean, I'm I'm looking. I like Aaron Booth doesn't even have a picture on the club website. So yeah, like Aaron Booth coming Great. from the Storm and he's. Like already average. Why didn't they like sign that guy that I year. saw? Why didn't they sign that guy that I saw play one Queensland Cup game and decided he was great? The Dolphins <laughs> well, signed mate. Him. What was his name? No, 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 no. no. The, the Dolphins signed Harrison Graham. Who was the guy I said player. was good because I saw him play one game in the grand final? The hooker. Uh, you took Jaden Beryl. Who? Yeah, Beryl. Fucking get him in there. Well, but no, I mean, that's yeah. just that's pretty much how Queensland Cup recruitment works in New South Wales teams. They watch the two t- games on TV every year, and that's how. That's how Kurt Capewell's career got revived. It was a bit twitch and the Sharks watched that one game. So, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. So I don't love that. That's why I'm worried about like another team that you put that 17 on paper again and you'll go, geez, it's a pretty good looking 17. Yeah. Then the reality plays out of it. The hook is pretty average. Toby Sexton's going to have rookie errors in him. Primson's not fully a 5'8". Like there's a lot more work in progress at the Titans than you'd like to see for a team that's really like really paid up for what they have. So I don't know. I'm confused by everything that's, that they that they do. Like they, they, you know, they'll sign. They went and did the splash with Tino and Fafita. Then it didn't seem to be like a plan after that. Yeah, it's a very, very strange, very strange indeed. Um. So the Dolphins is he their only player so far? That guy you just mentioned. Yeah, only guy on a development contract. What they missed out on the, you know, again they're going to be in discussions with everybody, and it's already annoying that they're like every single player is like. I'll go to the Dolphins if you don't sort me out. Like Regan Campbell Gillard used hey, it worked. instantly. <laughs> it he worked. did. But they've missed out on Campbell Gillard, apparently, or Christian Welch, apparently. Tino has spoken about his meeting with Wayne. Uh looks like they're gonna miss it on Pat Carrigan, which is a tragedy. I wish they got him, but you know, it's like uh, is it starting to, you know, the the lack of fanfare and interest in this franchise, we're starting to see it with the player movement. It seems weird. I know it's it's no rush, but it seems weird that the one team with 100% of the cap hasn't announced one signing. Yeah, it's very, very cap. strange. Well, like, there's got to be, like, but here's the thing, right? Like, obviously, we, we just spent, like, 20 minutes talking about how the allure of big names can sometimes lead you to pay guys too much money or lead people to think that guys like Isaiah Papali are actually overpaid when they're not, things like that. We get that. But also, you're a brand new team. You have to have a big name signing. They've got to absolutely nail this first wave of recruitment to get people interested and to get people excited about the new team. And it just takes one big signing. So, like, yes, like, hurry up and announce Brandon Smith is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I feel like I've said for a long time, I feel like Ken Munster is like a certainty to go there, but the so do I. figure his conduct out with the storm. I think that's going to be the splash at the start. 
but they've had like, oh, they're speaking to so Selwyn Cobbo is not off contract in time, but they've spoken to like him for and Osako and Parrot carrying from the Broncos. It was like Osako, they could probably get, probably, you know, easy, but so that can't be your first signing. No, I mean, <laughs> Sel- Selwyn Cobbo and Jermaine Osako aren't getting anyone's blood pumping. Yeah, so um, I mean, Selwyn's not they kind of, like they can't officially speak to him anyway. Like they can talk to him, oh. but they can't off- make him an offer because he's off cotton contract that year. It's stupid. That's fine. But uh, yeah, so it's it just seems weird because as you said, you don't want to overpay on players. But I also think, and it happened with the Titans, but it, pretty much every time an expansion team comes in, they kind of have to overpay a couple of players. That's how this works. You overpay a few, you get that mo- that signing momentum going, the other players will start joining after that. And then we know that come round one, 2023, they'll likely be playing four or five guys who haven't played NRL football before that. We know that's how this generally works. They have to expand from somewhere and the expansion comes from half, it comes from reserve grade. But it just seems weird that none of the big names have gone there yet. And the list of big names actually available for 2023 is already like dwindling. Uh, yeah, Cody, report- Cody's re-signed. Um- uh, they're talking to um, uh, Kalen Ponga, who has... That's got to be torture for Knights fans. Yeah, it must He suck, just yeah. re-signed. He just has like a million outs in his contract. He has an out for everything it feels like. It, that's going to be torture his whole career. He's going to keep those outs in his deals. But yeah, if they get him, that'd be huge, obviously. But if we get Kalen Ponga, he's on like 1.1 at the Knights. So you have to beat $1.1 million a year, which... Maybe they do as a new franchise, but yeah, that's that's a big one. But there's not really any other massive names of contract left. Like there's Angus Crichton hasn't re-signed yet officially. There's Joseph Manu, right? But they're not going anywhere. I'd be shocked if they left. That and would be weird. And it'd be weird for Manu to go to Queensland rather than like the Warriors as well. Yeah, and it's like you know the Dragons, for example, haven't re-signed like Jack Bird. Does he go there and play with Wayne? Maybe. Does Milford leave the Bunnies? Like that, like that matters at this point in time. You know, the Panthers haven't really got any big names off contract there by like Coruscant, who I think they'll be locking up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's getting a shorter and shorter list of big names. Mate, we don't know the guys who have stupid outs like Kalen Pong is, but, uh, you know, you look at like, the Storms roster now and it's like, oh, they can get like Brandon Smith. And that's pretty much it. Jesse yeah. Bromwich. Uh, Jerome, <laughs> yeah. Jerome Hughes. Yeah. Jerome Hughes. Yeah. That was one of the ones. He's on contract, but he has an option, whatever he can get out of it. Like the list is dwindling. You've got to make it splash at some point. You'd think. Yeah, I would. I, w- I would have assumed that it was coming in the very near future. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. Alas, it has not. Uh, Indeed. But um, oh, well. all right. Yeah, it's fine. We live and we learn, Mitchell. We live and we learn. Um, all right, let's move ahead. We've got a fun project coming up in the off season. So we'll be doing a expansion draft. People have wanted this for a very long time. Um, We're going to do it, but we're going to do it in a fun way that doesn't suck. Um, So what we've done is, if anyone's familiar with, uh, particularly recently in America with um, ice hockey expansion and with other sports as well, how it works is um, we'll be doing four different franchises. We me, Doyle, Campo, and uh, Pod debut for uh, George Clark, uh, AP Rugby League writer. Um, And we will be drafting a 17 each along with an 18th man and a couple, I think a super league spot, Mitchell and, and, a, and an old man glue guy, I think was your other one. Yeah. We've got um, 21 men. <laughs> yeah. But um, so how it works is we, we've got, a, we've been making a spreadsheet. We'll be project, uh, protecting five players from each club. So obviously like, for example, if you were Souths and they said there's a new team coming in, there's a draft, you can block five guys from being picked. They'd pick Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, probably Damian Cook, probably Cam Murray, and then probably another one of their 
big forwards or something, right? So and it's the same with the other team. Brisbane would protect Payne Haas. Cowboys would protect Jason Tamalolo, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll be doing that. Um, that episode will be part one when we run through the protected players, the logic behind it. We've assigned each each of us is getting four teams each for that part of the exercise. Um, so we'll be doing that. Uh, and then we'll be going ahead and doing a draft. And it should be like, I think, a two or three episode arc, Mitchell. Or something, something, something fun and interesting for the offseason where we'll be drafting four new teams out of the leftover, you know, 18 or so guys from each club. Yeah, we will be. We'll be back in one room too, which will be uh, good for the vibes. I know you guys maybe don't notice it much now, but it'd be good for us to be in the same room. As you said, uh, Nick Campton, recent move from the uh, from News Corp to ABC. Yep. And uh, George Clark's recently moved from Fox Sports over to AAP. It is the summer of transfers and expansion. So we're doing a transfer. We said we podcast. said they weren't allowed. They weren't allowed to do this with us until they got off the News Corp teat, and so they both said okay, and that's why they left their previous roles. That's it, as far that's as it. I understand. Yeah, and we've done our protections today, and uh, we all got four teams each, and we won't. We will keep those close to the chest. But there has been there's some good players that have, that have gone back into the player pool. Yeah. So we'll do it. We don't know how we'll determine draft order, but essentially we'll do the draft. We'll do like ten rounds, one episode, eleven rounds, the next episode. We have to draft one to 17 in positions and the other four, as, as Bungun mentioned, we're drafting an 18th man. That's a position. So you've got to pick that guy who, you know, everyone has an 18th man, a guy who's going to be a bit of utility or fill in on game day. Uh, you're, you've got a super league player who's a 19th man or whatever, and you can either draft him to be in your 21 or if you pick a super league player to start for your side, say you pick a super league hooker, that means your new 19th man has to be a hooker. Uh, we're getting a club glue guy. So you've got to have, you know, this is the, this is for the boardroom, you know. You've got to please the board of our new team. You need a glue guy like Paddy Carrigan who's going to – might not play games, but he's going to be there and just really good social leader. You know, you're one of those guys. Maybe you want Aiden Tolman on the end of his career, Ryan James, one of them. And then the last spot will be our boom rookie spot, a guy who's played four or less first-grade spots. You've got uh, games you've got to pick. So build a nice little match day 21, essentially, we will. And then I guess we'll get you guys – it doesn't really matter what you guys to vote on on your favorite ones, I guess, after that on, on the old socials or on, on Patreon. But essentially, this is, I think it's a fun little exercise. Everyone loves a draft. Probably more fun for us than you guys. But maybe everyone can do their own expansion drafts too after that. We'll give you the, we'll give you the format, the player protections, how it's yeah. working. We'll go from there. Don't know how we're going to decide where our teams are based. We're just, we're just doing what we want on the day. We're just going to go, I'm the, well, you know. Well, Campo's the North City Bears, obviously. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rest of us love to work I want him to be the Camden fuck off with fools. <laughs> yeah, that works. The, 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 the Camden, you don't look like you're from around here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, 100%. But, uh, well, now we know you don't have to be have a location. We can all be state of minds. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's true. Team. I didn't know that was a thing. So, you know, maybe we can just do that. Like, Maybe I could, be my, I could be that my ding dong is hard and I am sad. And that brand will grow so strongly <laughs> that people will just know the ding-dongs wherever they go. <laughs> exactly, mate. They'll so. see a large penis and think of rugby league, of our yeah. team, and the strong branding. But yeah, it should be good fun. Yep. Um, I agree. Um, and uh, before, but we've also got um, a rookie takes bracket. It's, it's a, a lot of fun off-season content rolling on. Um, the first lot of uh, polls was well-received. I'll run through all 16 winners of the first round next week when we do the when we do the round of 16 all at once. But for now, we'll be putting up the bracket for the second half of the round of 32. There's been some big wins and some uh, upsets so far. The seating committee might have got a couple wrong in hindsight. That's all right. 
But um, yeah, well, we've got another eight matchups to vote on. I'm telling you, I'm not going to spoil anything right now, but uh, your man, Mark Levy, is going to be hard to beat, Mitchell. Going to be very, very hard to beat. So um, it, it doesn't feel like that's the worst take of the year, but I feel it like it's, doesn't. it might be. The, it's, it could be the worst human of the year. It came along, it came along <laughs> at the right time. Plus, I feel it's, like it's it, a body of work of like continued. It is. Pace. So it is. Uh, it anyway. was like the cream on the. It was like the cherry on top of, of a of a year or two of who Mark Levy was in the take yeah. game. Yeah, that was the take. All right. Um, I do have to pull one audible on the on the on the bracket because this wasn't nominated, but it needs to be on the list. So, um, uh, did did I run through all thirty two last week, or did I only read the no, sixteen no. that we voted on? All right, cool. All right, that's on. fine then. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, because um, uh. I'm going to have to get rid of uh, number 27. No, because uh, this is so bad. I don't want to put it up against a good one. So I think I've got to get rid of like a medium take. Um, I'll work it out later. But that terrible Jane Carrot tweet will find its way onto the bracket somewhere before I put the votes up. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got, um, you know, the one I'm talking about, the one where like people yes. who watch sport don't read books or whatever, like just calling us dumb. Yes, yes, I'm aware. We're not dumb. We're big, smart boys. Anyway. All right. <laughs> we've got first up, we've got number two. On the bracket, the two, two number two overall seed. It's Johnny Warricker. Feel sorry for Jared Hayne a bit. This woman led him on with sex chat. What did she think he was coming around in a taxi for? Coffee and cake? And he tagged like eight people in the, uh, afterwards. Like, yeah, look at my great thought. Not good. Very bad. No. Um, no I, yeah, um, I, I kind of don't want that to win. It just brings the whole vibe of the thing down. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a it's a loot an award you lose, but that guy doesn't deserve to win a loser's award either. Like I agree. I don't think he will, I mean, but anyway. Again, if he paid literally one bit of attention to the stories that she did think he was coming over to root. Yeah. 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 Doesn't doesn't mean you can't can't say no. Exactly. Um so that will be going up to the number one, the number 31 seed, which it should beat comfortably, and that is Katie Brown. Everybody, these blowout scores are ruining the game. Me, Warriors versus George, Trushing Emergency. For context, she tweeted this when there was like the first close game in a month, and then that was the Friday night game, and then the following day, I think the three games combined were like 156 to 6 or something. So yeah. it was just good yeah. timing. It's great that they got one, one of the many bootlicker tweets this year that waited for the one close game and go, oh, I thought all games were blowouts. And then the next three yeah. were blowouts again. Exactly. Speaking of which, number 15 seed, Michael Sullivan. Did the new rules make Hughes oh, palm off yeah. a massive forward, run 50 metres with two teammates in support and only one opponent chasing? Or did the new rules make Connor Watson go out on play one after a scrum? I'd suggest not. The n- rules are fine. I love that. Even if that was true, which it's not with the first one, but like you could just point to like 50 things a game that were not a consequence of the new rules. That doesn't mean the new rules are good. That doesn't mean there aren't any things. Um, but also uh, people like, missing a lot more of easier tackles while, is like the new rules. <laughs> like That was part of it. Like when Regan Campbell like ran 50 meters, it's like, yeah, that yeah. didn't happen in the past because like players were not gassed. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. And then so that is going to be up against the number 18 seed. Uh, this is from a it's an anonymous fan in a Rabbitohs Facebook group. This is the kind of rookie take I like because it's just very stupid. It's good, harmless stupidity. Um, really unusual question to the legends in this group. I'm trying to find a copy of the NRL official rules for field goals. I want to see if a field goal has to go over the crossbar on the full. All I can find is that it has to be drop kick and go over the crossbar <laughs> and that it counts if it's touched on the way. Unless someone can show me something other than what I found, then our two-point field goal, which bounced and then went over the crossbar, should have counted. You know what? Let him speak. Yeah, I, th- I like that one because you said it was it was innocently stupid. And also, it was like... 
he, like nobody noticed a bounce over. I just love that he thought that moment was a rort. That he saw that ball bounce over the field, over the crossbar, and gone. We have been dudded. I feel like he's being more <laughs> hopeful than anything else, but it is very yeah. funny. It's great. It's like, what do you think? What's going to happen? You're going to like go to, you're going to find in the rule book, and you're going to send that to the NRL and go. Doesn't technically say the ball yeah. has to go over on the full. Right. <laughs> doesn't technically say that. It's like that's like every convert. You can start doing grubbers on conversions. I hope they bounce up. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be electric. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's actually do that. That sounds fun. Um, all yeah. right, we've got uh, number seven seed, Glenn Allsop. Uh, but it, it's football. Why feel the need to push a culture? We don't have a non-indigenous jersey, do we? We don't have a non-indigenous round. We don't have a non-indigenous <laughs> comp. Why? Because we accept. Why is it others want their own comp and exclude other races? Curry knockout. Ever see a non-curry knockout? Imagine the <laughs> imagine the out imagine the outroar. 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 I, I He's forgot gone that non-curry knockout. Outrage. Uh, I like an out a good That's somehow sometimes. racist and very funny. I like that one. That's I like really the, bad. a non-curry knockout. Like, I mean, yeah, we have those all the like, time. Uh, I mean, it's we have the final. Like, it's called the final series. Yeah, there's like a million about? regional based like knockout competitions, but the curry one. Um, <laughs> number twenty six seed Brent Reed. Not saying this is a reflection of the storm or the players involved, but spare a thought for Lachlan Lewis. He tried to sell a speaker potentially as a practical joke and had his contract torn up. That might be the one that goes for Jane Carrot. No, I don't want it up against that no, racist idiot. That, that one, that one has a yeah. That one is a, a terrible take. But that was a weird take. That whole week, people were using that Lachlan Lewis oh, off yeah. his contract, but X didn't. It's like no, Lachlan Lewis got sacked like three weeks early. Like, All right, I've and the and the other funny part is like he just stole something for fun, a practical joke, eh? How about yeah. that, fellas? A little bit of banter. Um. Yeah. All right, I found the one that's getting bounced. I think eBay kind of boring. Man. Uh, this guy in a Tigers group said the Tigers should sign Tyrone May. Like, dumb, but whatever. So I'm going to bounce yeah, that one out and it. put Jane Carrow in there. Is that fine with you? Yeah, bounce it. Right, excellent. I'm going to make a note of that. And that's going against the number 10 seed, Steve Hart, who tweeted, after Latrell Mitchell killed Joe Manu, I've watched it over and over again, and Latrell puts his body on the line to stop the play. What's his alternative? <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what know. to say. Neither do I. Not hit his best friend in the head. I yeah, guess in a game we were yeah. winning by 600 points, which cost us a don't, premiership. Don't don't, don't break his face. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, anyway, number 30 seed. Uh, I liken Nathan to Cameron Smith in terms of his ability to handle chaos around him without getting flustered. That's Greg Alexander. You know what? That proved to be. I mean, he, he did a lot of good things down the stretch. Was pretty clutch in a lot of games. I think that's that's aged pretty well no, for no. old Greg Alexander. No, I just don't, I don't know if it's aged well. I just think it, that was a weak week. It's it's not the worst. Take. That could also drop out. Like it's a bad could, take, but it's but not that's one of the worst thirty takes of the year. Yeah, it's not the worst. We, yeah. we don't want to be putting Jane Carroll up against the number three seed, which I believe was the no, inaugural no. winner from the Western Weekender. It's in some bullshit column that comes out every week. The subheading: NRL picks its causes. I'm all for the NRL pushing inclusivity and embracing all corners of society, which is why it was so great to see the code involved in Mardi Gras last weekend, including through their social media channels. So far, fine. It didn't go unnoticed, however, that while the NRL was happy to throw out a happy Mardi Gras, it couldn't find time for a happy Australia Day post back on January 26th. Oh, my God. I love that. I like that there's a guy out there who's, like, taking notes of these. He's, like, got a, he's got his own little booklet down. He's got a calendar down, actually. He's writing... Did, did did the NRL tweet about this or not this day? Yeah, and he's All tick right. or cross. <laughs> and Australia Day. Oh, 
<laughs> the next the next one's good because it's two matchups of like harmless things. It's not like anything racist or upsetting. So it's Tim Gore, 14th seed. Yes, you heard me. International Rugby League is not the priority or not now, and nor should it be. Keeping the National Rugby League going is the priority and can't be jeopardized for a branch of the game that has, for all intents and purposes, been a sideshow for at least two decades now. I find the idea of people getting worked up about the Australian New Zealand teams putting out of this year's World Cup very odd. Hmm. Yeah, fuck off, Tim. Well, yeah, fair. And uh, Warren Smith. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about this one. This one's so funny. This might be the worst in terms of like actual application towards rugby league. Uh, the 19th seed. Not happy with the no try call on the two plays last night. They could slash should have been tries, but if the decoys had no effect on the defense, why are they so far ahead of the ball? Tweak the rule. If you don't receive the ball, you have to stop short of the defensive line. Fixed. Oh, I mean, as you said, like the entire point of the decoy is that it's a genuine option. You're running hard and similar. And also, again, there's a lot of them are genuine options. Also, sometimes they get someone- the ball. Yeah, as I was saying, but you asking someone who's like running at the defensive line, and sometimes you know the, the decoy is right at the line with the ball carrier sometimes, and then dummies and goes. You're asking him to somehow put the brakes on, not snap his knees open, and just stop right when he gets to the line. Like, That's or great. they're just like, or if, if you're asking that they can't, like they have to stop the whole line, they can't really run hard. So you're asking them like jog up to the line and get fucking smashed if they get the ball. Yeah. Genius. The speed um, of it's the whole reason they work. Idiot. It's so good. Uh, number 27 seed, Rodney Smith. I would take one Luke Brooks over 100 James Fisher Harris's. Flat track bully is all he is. Fair enough. And the number I mean, six seed. That's, I, I, I mean, that's a, that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. It's a, a good take. Um, oh. Number six seed. This is one of my favorites of the year. Margaret Gleason Martinez, uh, like some old boomer Dragons fan on Facebook. After supporting this proud club for 60 years, I can't remember a time when I felt so disappointed and ashamed of our players. How can they be so brain dead as to do what they did? Right now, we'd like to guess if she's talking about Jack DeBellin or about the barbecue. Is it something else? (laughs) It's the barbecue. I supported Jack DeBellin over the past few years, but he let us all and the club down in a big way over this stupid act. Well, this season is well and truly ruined now. Very sad day. She was right. They didn't win a game after that. So the season was ruined. But also, it's like, well, stood by him through that whole sexual assault thing. But the barbecue was some things you can't forgive. Well, that's why, like, at the time when that came up, I said that I didn't mind the punishment because it fucked them for ages. They were just fucked. Yeah, you did People say that. were bitching that, they, that, that the punishment wasn't, like, every, you know, they didn't lose all their players. I got the pick. It's like, no, like, it's going to ruin, ruin their season. And it did. <laughs> so hmm. I was okay with the punishment for them. But, uh. It's, it was just, I mean, that take there, as you said, supported Jack DeBellin. <laughs> but yeah. this is too far. I will never say like support. It's like when South stood by Kirisomi Ava with the domestic violence stuff and then sacked him for drugs. It's like, well, hey, good yeah. priorities, lads. Good it priorities. Is, uh, and the one, th- one thing I found funny with the early one too, it's like, so he prefers his no track bully to James Fisher Harris. Is that what it is? Flat track, yeah. bu- no track bully. I mean, yeah. Like, the man never bullied a track in his life. He hasn't. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. And then the last matchup of the first round, we have Paul Gallon. Uh, it's really long. It's about concussions. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's it's yeah. it's like, it's anyway, it's not it's not a great take from from my friend, Paul Gallon. But um, you're a good friend of yours. My close personal friend. Yes. Um, and that's up against Dave Riccio, the number 22 seed. Um the New South Wales Blues have cancelled their traditional final media opportunity at their captain's run today in Brisbane due to COVID-19. No last word from coach or captain. No vision for news bulletins. No last-minute hype or headline. Origin coverage is what makes Origin special. 
This is probably the same type of dude that uh, wouldn't listen to Adele's CD before. Can we talk about Adele. that before we get to question time? <laughs> we can. It's my favorite story of like the last year. I, I do love this. There's some journalists out there that like, you're Take a journalist. So seriously. Well, people who overstate their role in things. Like he really mm. thinks he's important. He's like, it's so important the day of the origin game, we get, we get footage of that captain's run. So when it's on the newsletter tonight, it's in the background as we talk over it. If we don't get that captain's run footage, the game will crumble. And what a shot. Nobody gave a fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine uh, it affecting the TV ratings one bit. No. All right, uh, that's the rookie take bracket. We'll put up the polls uh, for that. I'll do it in the next couple of days at some point. Um, remember, if you want to vote, submit rookie takes for next year, all that jazz, you have to be a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. You get access to our Discord server, entry into next year's culture and cut. We'll start ramping up that soon. Again, tell your friends because that is a very, very popular tipping comment. Every time you talk to someone about it, they're like, oh, that sounds awesome. How do I be a part of it? Well, you tell them how. And a quick thank you too. Chris Abnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Alex Vegicomi, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Jace G, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, uh, lifelong Dolphins fan, Matty Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, the not so mature student, Thor Lakeup, Tom Hardy, and Woz. Thank you so much for your continued support. They changed it from Warwick into Was. That's throwing me off. Uh, and to everyone in the lower patrons as well. And to everyone who just listens, thank you as well. And if you do want to support us next year, we're just get, we're growing every year. But the boys getting bigger and bigger. Patreon.com forward slash in a row boom rookies. Um, before we get to questions as well, Mitch, nice moment that just happened. Uh, Kevin Sinfield finished his 101 mile run in 24 hours uh, to raise money for his mate, Rob Burrow, and his battle with motor neuron disease. So 101 yeah. miles. Rob Burrow, that every time I see him, because obviously I only pay attention from over here, it's every couple of weeks you see coverage and just how how quickly he's descended into what he is now and how quickly it's he's absolutely declined. awful. Yeah, tragic. It's Kevin tragic. Like, like, yeah, we've science has come a long way in our lifetimes. I know what a shock, but you know, even small things like my mum had breast cancer for the second time this year, no, last year. And I haven't really mentioned yeah. that in the podcast or anything, but she she had it when I was like 15. The first time and it was really bad like really it was a long long uh period battle with uh so radiation therapy a lot a lot of radiation therapy she was she'd go have a radiation come home be so sick she'd sit in a dark room all day she'd sit in there put the close the blinds in her room close the doors sitting there and she'd vomit and it was like that was her day for like you know every other day or every day for like a couple of months that was when she was 15. And I mean, I was 15, sorry, so 15, 16 years ago. And not to downplay cancer. I'm not a fucking idiot. But yeah. she had breast cancer again last year and uh, I just moved back home. So I decided that I was going to help her out and knew how bad it was when I was, when I was 15. I didn't, didn't help enough. I didn't really understand it enough, what she was going through. I was a selfish, dumb 15-year-old. So this time I was, you know, I'm going to help. I'm going to do all I can for it. I'm going to do everything I can for her and I'm going to take her to every single appointment. And... In, in that 15 years, it has come so far that honestly, you could barely tell she was being treated for cancer, which mm. is fucking fantastic. Yeah. But it's just, um, it's such a tragedy that in a world with the scientific advances we have, that things like motor neuron disease, it happens and it still happens to people so fast. And guys like Rob Burrow, who was like an athletic man who was physically and mentally fit, 
you know, and would be in the top 1% fitness of people in the world, you know, at one point, two years ago, a year ago, is what he is now. It's tragic. And you're thinking like, fuck, like, how can that stuff still happen? But it just yeah, does. It just does. But yeah, cancer treatment was insane now, man. It was like the radiation, like when she went 15 years ago, she her whole body got radiation. You know, that's how it yeah. worked. Now it's like the whole machine spun around or whatever. Now it's like localized in the one point. They get that tattoo mark, whatever, but it's localized that one little area. Didn't vomit once. She felt sleepy a couple of times. You know, she looked, you know, didn't really get any skin burns. She's on medication now, but it was nothing like it was. in like she lost her toenails when she first had it. Like mm-hmm. her toenails went yellow and fell out, you know? So it's, it's come a long way. And it's nice to see those things happen in 15 years. But then you watch motor neuron disease and, you know, it's, it's Carl Webb has it now. Um, who was the is it use fund of a station who died from it? Yeah. And there's um, OJ Brigance, the NFL player yeah, as well. Like, um, yeah. And just seeing again, you see guys, it's, it's one of the faster declines you can see. Cause once you see it come from a dude who was like, again, those guys are like peak, peak athletes. It's going very to like, weird. Yeah. yeah. It's just hard. Yeah, to, it, it's, it's just upsetting. And look, obviously just, we wish the best for Rob Byron and Kevin Zinfield. What a fucking legend. He's just been like, Doing these yeah, things constantly for like the last couple of years to like yeah, raise yeah. awareness for it and stuff. Well, and it's just like he stepped away from his. I think he, like he's done with leads, um, yeah. which which is you know I think that's part of it. He wasn't doing a very great job in his role at leads anyway. But yeah, I think it's made him move on with his life a little bit. She said, "What is it? One hundred and one yeah. miles. One hundred and one miles. Apparently, raised twenty four thousand pounds. Yeah, uh, this December, is like the fifth crazy is, thing he's done. Well, no, if you remember last year, he ran seven marathons in seven days. He raised like yeah. three million bucks. Like it's crazy. Like. Good on him, man. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry to bring everyone down like that, but uh oh no, the, the Adele thing before we get into questions. Um <laughs> just so bring funny. Back up. If people miss this, it's it's like so Channel Seven flew some guy. They paid like a million dollars to get an exclusive interview with Adele ahead of the release of her new album. Um, they flew over some guy from Weekend Sunrise and a whole crew, whole thing to London. They do this interview with Adele, and then at the end. She goes, they're just, obviously, we, we will never see the footage because she they, they're vetoing releasing it. But apparently, obviously, didn't ask her one question about the album. And at the end, she goes, what did you think of the album? And he goes, oh, I didn't listen to it. And she was so offended that now they're refusing to release the interview and the guy got suspended from work for a couple of weeks. It was goddamn hilarious because it does show the arrogance of a lot of journalists and not all of them, but a lot of the, te- the te- it happens a lot more with the TV based guys, but yeah, he had such understanding or care factor over what was clearly like for me and you, this interview means nothing. Like, honestly, her interview with Adele means nothing to me, but they paid a million dollars for it. They're going to be like, they paid the most of any, any Aussie studio for it. It was huge for them. It was going to compete with like, uh, Channel 10 and their ownership had a, a series of things from from her in CBS and film they were going to use. They were yeah. going to be the Australian exclusive of this. The guy got flown to London, had a 17-hour flight, all the prep time in the world, rocked up. It was about the new album. Guest didn't ask her about the new album because she asked him if he listened to it because it sounded like he didn't, but went through like a – turned up the interview and just did the generic thing. So uh, how are you doing, Adele? So, you know, so you've come uh, – you've lost lots of weight. How's that? Hmm. And you know what? Uh, so you were, you came became big like ten years ago. What's your journey been like, Adele? Like the same dumb generic shit. <laughs> yeah, ask about the album, dickhead. But like, it's so funny, right, dude? Because like, obviously, in my time in this industry, like, I, I spent a fair bit of time doing stuff that wasn't sport, right? And and for a while there, I was doing entertainment stuff, right? So I'd do like features with people and, and interviewed 
some pretty famous people, right? But then, like, sometimes I do stuff for TV Guide or the other magazine stuff where you, like, do, like, a big piece about some something that's coming out, right? And I, I remember I had to do a piece. I, I did interview, like, Dance Academy was apparently some show that was on ABC a few years ago, right? It was, like, kind of like Degrassi, I guess, but with dancing, but in Australia. It was pretty big, apparently. And anyway, they did a movie, and they're like, Matt, we want you to interview the stars of this film, whatever. And I was like, yeah, six sounds good. You know what the first thing I did was, Mitchell? I watched the fucking movie. Because... Are you, sh- are you that, sure? <laughs> yeah. And I was, I'm just some guy who was getting paid like, you know, four grand to do this story, like chicken shit compared to the million dollars that this guy's company had paid for these exclusive interviews. And yeah, you're right. The level of complacency that some people have is just absolutely hilarious. Um, look, he's just like, lucky he didn't get fired, just suspended for two weeks. Yeah, and like again, flow that flew that entire way, and there is there is a world. The best part is the, the flight. The world. best part is the flight. Yeah, it's not the current world, but there was a, a time that that could have like you know that twenty years ago, journalists could have turned up without listening to the album for legitimate reasons. There is no reason anymore, you know. Like it could have been, you could be twenty years ago, you, you the studio didn't send you one. Example for example, but this dickhead like he definitely would have been sent the link to listen to it online. Just didn't do it. Like, didn't even like cram it on the way. <laughs> you know, like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. The 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 plane ride is the best part. Like, if he just never got around to sitting at home for an hour, it's still awful. It's still not excusable. But you can at least be like, oh, okay, fine. That he was on a plane <laughs> for a day. Yeah. For a day, was his excuse like he got in the plane, he forgot to download it before? He well, went I, up I don't think Wi-Fi? he's addressed it, right? He has not talked. How could it. you? How could you? <laughs> what, can you? what can you say? Yeah, like you said, him keeping his job is a miracle, like because again, the million dollars. And as Bungard said, so Sony have had the right of refusal if they could release that footage or not. And those are probably standardized in all those kind of contracts, and it probably in there to actually protect the artist. Maybe the artist is something they didn't want to get out or whatever. In a very rare case, they'll probably pull them or tell them they can't use X or Y. But in this instance, the interview pissed off Adele so much, they pulled the entire goddamn thing. Like, And it, Channel 7 had to run. They what they ran instead, they ran like a section of videos of Australians singing Adele's songs. So right. you spend a week promoting exclusive Adele interview. Someone turns the TV on and it's like, here's an Aussie artist singing Adele's songs. That's very funny. <laughs> Wait, was Nolsey involved? I hope so. Surely, surely they could have caught Nolsey on Sunday and he had an Adele cover by Sunday night. Sure. He would have done it. And he would and you know what? It would it would have fucking slapped as well. All right. Let's <laughs> so funny. All right, let's get into the questions. Okay, question time over on patreon.com forward slash NL boom rookies if you want to guarantee your question getting read out every week. Anyway, uh, as always, we've got a couple of good ones here. But oh no, I clicked the new post. I'm an idiot. Uh, while you're doing that, we also got a message uh, in in, the, in our Patreon DM requ- uh, from Cam requesting more retail horror stories. So I'm fine to do that at some point later on in the off season too. Maybe we'll get a few yeah, people involved who have, if you've got a good one, message us and we'll, we might do like a whole podcast about it. You can call in for a couple of minutes and tell your retail horror story. So Westlife podcast asks us, every American podcast listeners too are giving Thanksgiving top dishes. If we didn't know people Thanksgiving's this week. Anyway, because if you guys go to a dinner, what's the five top dishes you want on the table? Garlic bread. Well, yeah, this is different for you now, isn't it? Like, 
Oh, I can treat it like I still eat everything, but like garlic bread was number one before I gave up meat and still is now. Um, some sort of like roast potatoes or like, I'm assuming this is like some sort of like proper dinner, not like fast food stuff, right? Yeah, I'm talking like, okay, I guess we're talking like a generic family-ish style or roast yeah. style dinner we're talking. Well, if you're talking all dishes in the world, that's a bit of, that's a bit of, yeah, that's too hard. So potatoes, like roast potatoes or some something, something in that, in that regard. Um mm-hmm. Pumpkin as well, um, but of substance. Like I'm, I was never really fussed with like roast and stuff. Like I kind of just ate everything. Like I wasn't really that fussed about one or the other. I think I probably preferred barbecue chicken or like fried chicken than any sort of roast meat, to be honest. So I probably have to go with that then. Um, and some sort of dessert. Oh well, if I could choose pumpkin pie, because pumpkin pie fucking rules. But um, yeah, you stole my my thunder. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's five for me. That's five. Okay, so I'm gonna do because he's asked for Thanksgiving. I've got an American stepmom. We do Thanksgiving dinner. We haven't planned this one this year actually. Maybe COVID robbed me of that as well. But I'll, I'll do Thanksgiving stuff because we're opening up a lot of doors otherwise. And I guess you can cross this Thanksgiving with your, your Christmas style dinner anyway. They're pretty similar. Pumpkin pie is generally more of a Thanksgiving thing uh, over there, but I like to have it at Christmas as well. And if you haven't had pumpkin pie, you're missing out. Pumpkin spice is one of the things that's like a generic basic bitch meme in America at this point, but it's fucking delicious. Like if you want to get a pumpkin pie in Australia, if you don't want to make one, you can buy canned puree pumpkin at some places. You can buy it in some imported sections at Woolies and Coles, but you can buy pumpkin pies at Costco. And they're actually really fucking good. They taste they just like an good. American pumpkin pie. And they they don't they use their um their cream, you know, the you know the cans of cream you shake up. What are they yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. They uh, use their I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's an American version of that. So what's it called? Like fucking, Crisco? Is it Miracle Whip or something ridiculous? No, is it's it? not that that's that's mayonnaise, isn't it? Uh, whatever the, the American, maybe it is what you're saying. The American what brand is at Costco. I'm as well. pretty sure you're talking about Crisco, right? The 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 sh- yeah, the, sh- the the shake up cream you can spray. Oh no, not the sh- oh oh uh, dairy whip. The whip oh, cool, whip. Is- cool whip, cool yeah, whip, cool whip. That's it. Yeah, my my uh my stepmom imported cool whip for nice. that one year. <laughs> but anyway, pumpkin pie is definitely in those in those top five. Uh, I like a, a double potato. So I like when I have a roast. If I'm doing a roast dinner with a lot of people, I like having a good mash and a good roast potato. I like both. You rub the roast potato and the mashed potato. It's it's delicious but for me if it's a particular type of potato i'm talking uh, a duck fat roast potato and it's got to be crispy i want the potatoes in the oven for like two hours people with their stupid like boiled potatoes masquerading as roast potatoes get out of here you got to get that shit out of my face like you know every recipe you read for how long to cook a potato add fucking add heaps of time to it you want them things crispy and fucking almost like a fried potato yeah, and I also do love. I honestly, I could have actually, I could have an ideal dinner. If you, I could have like four potato dishes, then like the meat, and then pumpkin pie because potato bake slash like gratin potato is like yeah. also the goat. But again, yeah. you've got to have a good potato bake. There's lots of bad ones out there. Charlie makes a really good one. She does, but lots of cheese and cream. I, I put shallots and garlic in my one. Uh, I like so a full roast turkey sucks, right? The shit, a full roast turkey. I they love are. those like Ingham turkey breasts. I know they're frozen, right. but those like yeah, rolls. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have one. I had cooked one the today. It's, I'm having it for lunch, isn't it? But I, like, I, me and Anna eat them all year round. They're pretty cheap. It's like sixteen bucks for a kilo of them. 
even the freezer at Woolies, where it's like buying from the deli shit more. But those things are delicious. So I love that. Got to be there. And then, you know, I guess if you've got to try and feel better about yourself, you've got to have like, oh, I guess I'll have like pumpkin or beans on the side or something. I don't I really know. like really things. So, oh, yeah, but I don't mind pumpkin, but uh, I, I could do, I could just go like five types of potato. Uh, also, not actual stuffing, like stuffing from inside a chicken or a turkey is inherently disgusting. But again, there's a American, my Americans do it. They are better than us at some food things and they're better than us at stuffing. They cook stuffing. It's not even stuffing. They just cook a, like a tray of bread and like celery and seasoning and shit together and call it stuffing and serve that on the side. And that's delicious. So if you, if you want to have good stuffing, don't actually eat the shit from outside your fucking, tur- inside your turkey or chicken. Cook it separately. It's great. And biscuits, biscuits and gravy as well. Throw them in there. Bis- so it's biscuits almost are good. It's almost an entirely American roast dinner compared to an Aussie mm-hmm. one, you know, but I love it because, uh, and if come Christmas, if you've got a Weber ham on the Weber as well, it's like 10 things. That's like my a roast dinner for me. What I can't stand is a, a roast dinner, the classic Aussie one. I don't know if you guys have had this one. Maybe you all haven't, but the Aussie roast with the roast beef cooked all the way through that. It's all Brown. It's Brown. Every bit of it's Brown with the gray box from a can gravy with overcooked broccoli and then undercooked potatoes. Sounds bad. That is, that is the 90s went to grandmas. <laughs> this is for people with white grandparents, not you guys with your Italian nonnas who can cook. I'm talking white senile grandmas who like, can bake a cake, but they can't cook a fucking roast. because they've, they've got their food science standards in the 60s in their head that you have to cook the guts out of everything to, to eat it. Fuck those meals. Those are the worst roasts of all time. Yep. Tough to argue with that. <laughs> um, next question Michael Gregson how could the Bulldogs have spent 800k better in the player market for 2023 they could have bought someone else a hooker just a hooker any hooker yep. <laughs> like a good one like the Reed Marnie they're talking to Reed Marnie great give him 800 they're offering like 6 give him 8 get in there like they're kind of Playing with a bit of house money after they, 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 Matt Burton signing them nailed so much. They've got like extra money. Kind of playing with house money there. But yeah, I'm not loving a lot of the, the signings. A lot of good players, not a lot of good deals for everyone else they've signed. Oh, well, anyway, Cam, Cam Beswick. This is a long list. We're not gonna, we can't do all 16, but he says, what should Santa get each team for Christmas? For example, give the Bulldogs getting rid of all of TPJ's carryover points. The Dragons have a new one. stadium. South getting a new halfback. Oh, that's nice. Okay. I like this. Okay. What, what, what other Christmas gifts would you give a team? Um, uh, I would give the Warriors a new coach. Um, mm-hmm. I would give... I'm trying to think. I would give, give the Titans an identity. People think yeah, they haven't got one. Give, them one. give the Dolphins a location. Mm, that's good. Uh, I'd give the Sharks a shiny new stadium in Perth. Yeah. Uh, the um, Cowboys have been very bad boys, so I'm giving them a lump of coal called Chad Townsend. Another one. That's, they have two Chad fair. Townsends. Um, the Roosters. What do they? They're like the rich kid that already has everything. They do. And they just get another one of the best players in the competition. That's just what happens to them. Every year they get another one. Mm. It's not fair, is it? It's like the kid no, it's who... Not. It's like that one kid that had both 
like an Xbox and a PlayStation. It's like, yeah, they're on, getting man. Brandon Smith for Christmas. Yeah. These the yeah. kids that we all sit there and watch them get it, act like we're happy for them when they open it. But we're not, we're not happy for them. And then we go back uh, home to our parents and go, Mom, the Roosters got Brandon Smith. And I only and got. Then mom, and then mom <laughs> says, "If Brandon, if the Roosters jumped off a bridge, would you?" And you say, "Yes." Maybe. <laughs> That's how that goes. <laughs> you know. Um. Uh, would the Knights get a lump of coal just because, like, that's what makes the most sense for them in their coal miners' jerseys? They'd really appreciate that, though, wouldn't they? They would. That's, they that's would. Wor- that drives their economy up does. there. Lump of coal. It's not going to hurt you. Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. What else? Who else we think to? The Tigers are, you know, they've got Papali. They're working on their center events. Excellence. Uh, I don't know. Okay. That, that'll do. We, we don't want to sit here and think All the right. whole time. That's fair. Uh, Sam Stevens, he said, what is your favorite rivalry in the NRL that doesn't consist either of your teams? And what are your three favorite rivalries in all sports? Uh, okay, so the first one is tough because, like, South Roosters is so clear of every other rivalry in the league that it's not even funny. Like, Broncos-Cowboys was for a bit, but now, the, now they both kind of suck, so no one cares anymore. Um, so, like, that makes it tough. Um Rugby like, libraries think... have a time mostly. They do. They're of a time. Yeah. Like we always see about the fibros and the silver tails, for example. That hasn't yeah. been an actual rivalry for like 30 years. No. Like the ones I really enjoy right now. I really enjoy I really I really enjoy Penrith and Melbourne. Yeah. I, I really enjoy the Raiders and the Sharks. They still hate each other since the Michael Ennis Viking Clap thing. Even the Michael Ennis work for the Raiders. Yeah. And they've had a couple of weird calls there. Like I like little the, the rivalries that are of a time. You know? I feel like I manly manly storm is my answer. That's been that. For, that's actually been one for a long enough time now. You're right, but yeah, the Roosters South one's always good. It's it, obviously it's better some years than others. It kind of peaked in 2013 14 because you guys have been so bad for so long. It felt like it meant something that it hadn't meant for a long time. When yep. you guys got good again. Like I remember yep. going to that one that had like 60,000 there sitting up yep. at the fucking top of the ANZ. It was great. It's a good day. Yeah, we won. Yeah. It's hard to maintain the fierce, the, the feverish feeling of rivalry on a year-to-year basis when you play someone so much. That's true. Um, three in the world. Um, again, I'm going to exclude my own teams from this because like, you know. Um, so I think... Real Madrid, Barcelona. I mean, I've read a book about it. Like, it's, it's, I think that's clear number one for me. Um, again, Mitch, I might be biased. But I feel like my team is in the best rivalry in the NFL as well. So no, I disagree with that. Hoops, Hoops is above it. The Packers and the Bears. I'll stop it. The Bears, the Bears have been bad for like our whole Mate, life. I know they have been, but it's still been a great rivalry for like the history of the sport. And uh, I reckon if you Googled best NFL rivalry, it'd be number one. Let's go. Raven Steelers, I think. But um, um. Uh, I kind of got fatigue over Yankees Red Sox just because they play so often, but it's still a great one. Oh, well, you found some subject- subjective. No, the first opinion. one, first one, yeah. CBS Sports is official. Number one, Packers Bears. Okay, number two, okay. number two, Cowboys Eagles. Number three, your lot. Okay. Yeah. I would well, just congr- say, I think con- the general con- consensus con- would, would say, <laughs> congratulations. Oh, no, I'd say the general consensus would have ours as the, because it's because oh, of the, 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 the history of it. It's been around um, forever. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's n- fair. Next list that's is exactly fair. the same. Okay. Top well, good, well, good for you. Um, yeah. I'm going to find one that suits my narrative. We're going to sit here until I do. Um, <laughs> Pause the show. Stop the exactly. show. Exactly. Um, uh, Auburn, Alabama is always good. College football. Um, 
And again, like, I don't know what the best is. It Man United versus um, Man United versus Liverpool is quite good, I think. Well, according to <laughs> mensjournal.com, the best rival. The when was this written? This must have been written in this. This must have been in like 2016. When this because number one is apparently Steelers versus Bengals. That can never. That's never been one. One. So, no, there was like a period, and you. I will go and find it after this. But like, there was a period in the NFL group chat that you and I were in, where I had to repeatedly send abuse to the, a couple of idiots in that group with us who were saying that it's what Steelers, we do all the time. Bengals. I know they're all very dumb, except Luke. But Steelers Bengals was the new rivalry in the NFC North because they had like two good games against each other, and Vontaze Perfect hit a guy in the head. And and what's number two on that list, Bungard? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Um. <laughs> Still right. back. Yeah, fucking great. <laughs> so right, I just fine. googled number uh, best rivalries number one, the Steelers Bengals, right. and that came up. Okay. And then number two, I'm be writing a strongly worded letter to yeah. Journal. Uh, that's ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, but for, okay, so one of my favorite ones. It's not really one anymore, and I don't really watch much anymore. But Federer Nadal was awesome. Oh, I forgot we could there. do individual sports. That's a good. We one. could. And there's some really good stories about that. Like, if even if you don't have to read the biography, I know no one reads it anymore, but you can read someone else talk about it. You can listen to a podcast about it. But I still remember in, in like Nadal's biography talking about when he lost to Federer like the second or third time at Wimbledon, and he like went back to his room and sat in the shower, screamed and was beating the floor, screaming and punching the floor, and just screaming that he can't beat him and crying like wailing like a child. They can't beat this man. Whilst uh, his uncle was like on TV, was sorry, watching TV and was just watching all the Roger shit at the same time. So essentially, he could hear his he could hear uh, uh, Rogers talk about how hard, you know what a great winner was, how hard his beat to Rafa was, but he could also hear Rafa punching the fucking shower floor, screaming and wailing. I thought that was, <laughs> but yeah, and eventually cool. end up getting on top of him. But though, like you know the. Like for mine, I, I love Packers Bears, even though it's so one-sided. But the one-sidedness of it is part of what makes it funny for me myself because every single time, like they've only beaten us like once in the last ten occasions, but it always seems close, and we beat them with some stupid shit, and their fans lose their minds. It's great. Um, I don't love like, for example, the NBA's biggest rivalry would probably be called the Lakers and the Celtics. Yeah, no, doesn't doesn't scratch my itch. No, it, again, it's just because like. Back when it was like Kobe against the big three, yeah, but not now. Yeah, and it was like that was again that's a rivalry built built out of a long time ago. Yeah, and and it still was relevant, but it's just still like it's not really based on anything but them being historic franchises and been playing a lot in you know in the past in the finals uh, in the eighties and then do like you have Bison. any? Yeah, do you have any Yankees Red Sox takes? I I have fatigue from watching them play too many times. Um, yeah. Other rivalries, I think we forgot um, Connor versus Khabib's got to be up there as well, even though it ended up being pretty one-sided towards Khabib. But yeah. Um, uh, Usain Bolt versus the world in yeah, the 100 that meter sprint because that was awesome for like a decade. <laughs> um, you're right though. Like, uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona is a fantastic one. If you're in well. Loathing in La Liga, great book. Recommend you all read it. Yeah. Or don't. I don't yeah. care. Not your dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have I, I haven't really got any favorite Australian ones outside of like, you know, what the, I like the Broncos playing some teams. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, internationally, there's some huge ones. I really loved. I know again involved my team, but little era of like the Golden State Warriors versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, because that Cavaliers team wins multiple championships any other time, 
that Warriors team again wins at 3-1. But there were so many storylines in that that were really interesting. And it was like LeBron James at his best taking on a literal super team and seeing how far they could go. That was like a great era for basketball. It like it usually those type of things aren't that great for the sport, but both teams were so damn good that it was getting like NBA got the like record ratings again at that period. But like the Warriors were the, the best regular season of all time and didn't win the thing. You know, it was a great little rivalry. It's dead now, but it was good fun for a while there. Um, yeah. used to love when I watch more Union, and I won't even say the Wallabies and the All Blacks, but the Springboks and the All Blacks is actually a fucking vicious rivalry. Probably still is called one now, but they used to love that too because they used to beat the fuck out of each other. And the Springboks yeah. won more games than we did. Yeah. Is that know. true? Jeez. Actually, that makes sense. We like never beat the All Blacks, right? We never do. They still, like, they, like they beat them this year again, the, the Springboks did, and the All Blacks bitched about the game not being entertaining anymore. And how and how the spring was beaten with boring tactics, and I fucking love that. Fuck the All Blacks. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, the, um, I don't know. There's some good ones in American college sports as well. What is it? The who's it? Is it Duke and UNC in the basketball? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Anyway, let's next question. Okay, next question. Six again. The other week, I tried a coriander chili and cucumber-flavored beer. Has craft beer flown too close to the sun? Um, terrible. It sounds awful. And I really like coriander, but still. I mean, no. did you... So you tried that, you're saying. Did you order that? That's my concern. Because a man who That's ordered that... That's true. I would never order that. I had a mandarin no. sour the other day. It was very good. I order sours all the time now, by the way. I love sours. But, oh, um, sours great. But um, no, miss me with like the stuff that just doesn't belong in a beer in a beer. Like, oh, barbecue shaped beer or fried chicken beer. No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I, thank rocked you. Up, I rocked up to, I can't remember what brewery in the inner west now, the other week with some friends. And we turn up and there's like a full beer on the table. And it was the one dickhead who ordered like the watermelon beer. But, uh, you know, off, they said to go on day to drink, have a sip, whatever you can have it. And I had a sip. And it, yeah, it was like when they taste too much like the other thing, it's wrong. You know, you may as well, like, you wouldn't drink beer with half a glass of orange juice in it. Stop making no. the things too much like the other thing. And a lot of them, as you said, like, I almost don't like almost any of those things. It's, almost, it's just like it, you have it mixed with something else just for the dumb guessing game of, oh, I wonder what this tastes like. Or, you know, oh, I can taste the hints of X, Y, and Z after it. Just give me a fucking beer. Like, yeah. Uh, Doc Gallon. Who makes mm-hmm. the Super Bowl this season? The Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, no, I don't know. I don't think. Uh, maybe. Who knows? The Chiefs um, are going back, I reckon. They fixed their defense. They did. But uh, I will mention on that beer thing, by the way, before we we'll get back to this one. But I am the... Um, I am like a basic bitch of beers, though. I'm like the guy who will just... I'll happily have Super Dry at every pub. You know, I don't... I don't really need to have craft beers. I know of craft beers. I like some of them, but I'm not. I'm still not really into craft beers. I'm not really a craft beer dude. They're also heavy as well half the time. Just you know, and heavy in a bloaty sense. I like alcoholic sense. I don't like the bloated sense I get from them. Anyway, back to the Super Bowl thing. I have Chiefs in the AFC. Just they got they got the defense right. The season's yeah. long. I think they're they're starting to play a lot better. They'll have the season to figure it out. And I don't really rate any of the AFC teams this year as in like really top echelon there's a lot of good teams and the Ravens are one of those good teams 
but I don't really see anybody leading contender. So I'm back. To yeah, we're not good. We have like four good players. And one of yeah, them didn't play you, yesterday and we still won. And you allow some huge, like two or three huge plays a week. Uh, we, we're like triple, like three times as many big plays allowed as the next worst team in the whole NFL. We just blitz you every play. Andy Dalton throw a fourth and 11 touchdown on you from You'd think half. that's the, f- it's not the first or even the second time that that's happened. As soon as like, I don't think people don't understand how scarred Ravens fans are by Andy Dalton and like just several years of the, of that exact bullshit happening, like him being shit and just chucking it up to some guy for a thousand yard touchdown and it just working. It's happened before it's happened to cost us playoffs. Um, and as soon as, as soon as, as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw the formation on fourth and 11, I just, I screamed, no, like before the ball was snapped. I knew, I knew you guys charge. You're sitting next to me. We're watching. I, I knew as soon as yeah. I saw our sixth choice cornerback lined up one-on-one with like the fastest wide receiver in the league. I was like, no, and he was God, so no. open by the time. Well, they because we, so why are we, why are you zero? Why, why are you sending eight guys? Uh, anyway, we're, we're, we're uh, let's, let's move on. But he was like 10 <laughs> yards open. It was so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad, but they sent eight guys. Like it's fourth and eleven with it over just seven minutes ago, and you're leading. You you send nobody. Yeah, but they sent that, but they they sent eight, look eight of them, and they went and they went into single coverage. Yeah, like, good. There was no safety help or anything. It was so bad. Anyway, um, what were we saying there? So yeah, you guys on the great but uh, on the it, NFC it, it, side. It's like six yeah, teams I think could make it. It could be you guys. Could be the Rams. Could be the Buccaneers. Could be the Cowboys. I think one of those four probably. Yeah, uh, so for, for Eagles, the AFC, are, Eagles are dark horse. The, the other tough thing that AFC now too is like you know the the Bills were supposed to be good, right? They're not even first in the division anymore. The the Patriots are back. You know the Titans. I just miss me. Like nah. I know they've 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 won all the games against contenders, but they've lost to the Jets and the Texans. I'm good. No, nah, miss me. Yeah, uh, the charges I still can't trust. I think they've and they've they've hit a bit of wall. I think they might be there when it matters, but I just still can't trust them. I can't. Uh, and then yeah, I'm not. The Bengals are okay-ish. It just no. It just feels like it's like the real contenders feel like you know the Chiefs, you guys somehow despite your flaws. And then did the fucking Patriots just stay good? They they do. It's very annoying. Yeah, but look, I mean, when you have the yeah. best quarterback and the best coach, anything else is possible. So that's what. That's what those, I mean, those three teams have probably what, in my opinion, the three best coaches in the NFL and then two of the three best quarterbacks and McCorkle Jones. So, yeah. Yeah. And then on, on in the NFC, as you said, the Cowboys, you could see making, I think Mike McCarthy will fuck up a big game for them. The Packers, you can see making it, the Bucks, the Cards, you can see the Rams making it. Like that's, you know, that's a pretty strong, what, five teams. NFC yeah. seems stronger this year. It does, and uh, you can. It, that's just been how it's been for a long time. Generally, last year's AFC has been stronger, but there was yeah. a long time there when it was like Kate Walk for fucking Brady into the NFC. Hey, we were, we but, always uh, played him tough. Yeah, <laughs> but for me, for what's going to happen for mine now is that now that Aaron Rodgers is only eligible to be tested again in Super Bowl week for coronavirus, and the Packers are eight and three, and it's honestly because just because we're a good team, people they don't understand just how fucked they are. Like they're like half their half the starters are out, half the good players are out. They've lost their starting. Like they lost Bakhtiari is still not back from doing his ACL last year. It's a left tackle. Elton Jenkins doing a great job filling in for him. Just done his ACL this weekend. You know, like they're whatever they're fucked, but they're still eight and three. And this week they should have won. And that last 
I didn't realize interception catchable was different for offensive defense. Did you know that? Sorry, what was that? Do you write the interception rule? Like the catch rule is different for what side of the ball you're on. Yeah. Oh, right. They like change you have to it. complete it for longer or? Well, yeah, they change, you know, how they change it to be like a catch is that you have the ball and like, that's pretty much it now And in the offense. You grab it with two hands and you land. You've got to catch, you know? Right. Uh, Darnell Savage took an intercept. That was to end the game. Kirk Cousins did an intercept this week. Caught it in two hands, landed his knees on the ground. That's usually when the catch is complete. And then lost it after that. But he was literally, he caught it in two hands. Like It was in his hand. He went to the ground and landed, then lost it. And it, apparently it's still the old rule on defense. You have to make a football move. So, yeah, right. Okay. It's like, okay. I thought it was so an interception, that, but whatever. Yeah, that's it. So it got turned over, that got t- but they, they lost that game. But yeah, the Packers, what, what's going to happen though is Aaron Rodgers can't get tested again for coronavirus until Super Bowl week with their dumb rules over there. He's not vaccinated after everyone knows what happened there. But that, the NFC Championship game pain is going to be over for Packers fans. We're going to finally win the championship game, finally. And Aaron Rodgers is going to test fucking positive for coronavirus in the week of the Super Bowl, and Jordan Love's going to go in and we're going to fucking get hammered. That's what's going to happen. Hopefully it's against us. That'd be nice. All right. <laughs> That's, That's what's going to happen. Let's, let's move on. Uh, next question. Patrick Lawrence, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can manage one of the biggest sporting branches on the planet for three years, General fans outside of Melbourne, East and South have any hope to expect their clubs to be well run on and off the field? Uh, the polo thing this week shows you that no, Pat, they don't. Yeah, I mean, 100%. But it was just, that was really funny. The only guy, as you said, like he got by on being an old boy yeah. for three years. And coach like, on vibes. How good. The replies to him getting sacked on Twitter were hilarious. It was like a million other fans, like masquerading as, as United fans, saying how disgraced they were. But he just needs like, more time, mate. Like the, even that quote throughout the time, when, like Rhea Ferdinand was when he said that he could come in and be sport, the director of football there and fix things up. And they asked him how, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is, this is how all the old boys, you know, that'll fix it. They really are. Them and the Broncos really is a thing, the comparison for the EPL teams, well, they'll like each other. But yeah, he's gone sadly. But as you said, one of the biggest, you know, there's more analytics in football, more money in football, more pressure. Clubs like Chelsea sack you every manages every year for Christ's sake. But even at Manchester United, a guy like Oligana Solskjaer got away with being absolutely garbage, bar like the running on fumes in his first like his first few weeks there, until what twelve games into the Premier League season, where they've they've lost they've they're five two and five they've lost four of the last five. Like Just yeah. needs more time, a few more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Mo asks this. I asked this on Twitter. I love your opinions. If you had controlled reboot, any sitcom slash comedy show for today's market, what would you choose? It's an easy one for me. Is it? What is it? Seinfeld? No, not well. I'm because reboots suck. Yeah. They do. So I'm, I'm going to go with a show that was not given the t- run it deserved. Freaks and Geeks. Great show. Had one season. Great show. A lot of uh, what it had in it had like like if you people uh, don't know Freaks Jason and Geeks, Siegel. yeah, it had Jason Segel, Seth Rogen in it, like John, yeah. Judd Apatow was part of producing it. Uh, there's a few others in there, like but a, like a lot of the people involved in that TV show went on to be well, comedy it's, it's, stars. It's quite funny, Mitchell, because my answer features mm. several of the same actors. 
Yeah. Um, there's a show called Party Down. Um, hey, I've seen Party Down. Yeah, it's fucking great. It was written by uh, was written by a couple of people, including Rob Thomas, who did Veronica Mars as well, and also Paul Rudd wrote it. Um, and it starred Adam Scott was in it. Martin Starr, who was in Freaks and Geeks. Lizzie Kaplan, who was in Freaks and Geeks. Ryan Hansen, who was in Veronica Mars. Like Jane Lynch was in it. It was really, really funny. It was about like uh, like a wait staff who are trying to make it in Hollywood, but they're like working as like waiters at like Hollywood functions because they're... Yeah. Yeah. And it was really, really funny. And they only did two seasons of it. Well, that's one of those ones that if that came along now, yeah. it would be on like Netflix and doing yeah. it fantastically. But it was on... What network is it on again? Some shitty Stars network. Stars with a Z. There you go. And I've no idea how it ended up there because it still had people, like it had really low ratings, but and they did lose. Like so, Jane Lynch quit, and Adam Scott quit. That was like why how the season ended. Like the see, I think that's what was happening before they decided yeah. to cancel the show. Is those two quit? They're like, well, fuck it, the ratings suck till we give up. But they had like Kristen Bell as one of the episodes. Yeah, she was in a few episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah, like uh, J.K. Simmons is in it, isn't he? Yeah, he was a recurring character too. Yeah. Yeah, like there's lots of like stars who were stars then in it. Plus there's like, like people who were stars after it on there and it was on a shit network and nobody cared. And I didn't know about it, Bunga, until it was cancelled. Same. Like, and then I watched it a few years ago. It was great. Yeah, I found it on a, on a, on a like my friend recommended like two or three years ago as well. Uh, recommended it to me. And yeah, it's not bad. And then obviously because I didn't know it was older and got cancelled, I was watching it without knowing it was cancelled. That was great. <laughs> like when's the next episode's coming? Yeah, but also we should mention like Arrested Development got revived and it wasn't that good. So that's why I'm trying to stay away from the proper rebooty kind of thing. Like I yeah. know those would be reboots still, but it's like those shows never got the real one. Arrested Development again, that was a like another show that would run forever now. And and that I was on Arrested Development when it first got released. Yeah, for no that was back when I was like a like I was like a year behind because we were a year or two behind, but I was a kid who, when JB Hi-Fi was just getting big, I would go to JB Hi-Fi with my paycheck every week and spend hundreds on DVDs like a dickhead. Yeah. And like 2005 or so, it'd been out for like two years. And it was just in like whatever, the DVD section had a bright cover and it had all the Emmys that had won on it. And I just bought it, you know, and went home. It was, it was fucking great. Very funny. But again, another show that whilst it won all, the, all those awards and it went well and died another show that would have been much better suited if it was released in a streaming era but the reason why it died is because it's so in jokey that if you didn't watch season one episode one you can't really watch season three that you have yeah, to exactly watch right. every episode yeah, yeah. like whereas tv sitcoms work based on like you can just sit down and you can put on how i met your mother and kind of know you know you can put yeah. a Seinfeld episode on and kind of get it like you don't want to know the overarching story but you can kind of get it whereas like Rest of development, you have to have watched the episodes before it to watch it. And people don't watch sitcoms like that, unfortunately. So that's why it died. It would go would have gone great if it was on Netflix. But as you said, the reboot of that actually kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's not bad. It's fine. But it's not good compared to the original. And there's more episodes of the is it it's about even of the newer shit than the older yeah, shit. But- there was two seasons, yeah. But yeah. Um and then you look at other shows that got cancelled and came back, like Futurama. There were some good episodes in the second run, but not yeah. as good as the first run. Things are never better the second time. Although, actually, the last season, last couple of years, I thought the last couple of seasons of Community was still pretty good. So, we'll see. I think they could whack together the cast of Freaks and Geeks and just make a funny show now. That's why I was in one one. It's like they could just put them whatever and whatever their characters became hey, could be a if funny show. If you put show Jason Siegel in something, I'll watch it. So, that's it. Well, I don't know if you've seen Paul Ryan. Dude hangs and, uh, dong and forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> yeah, he does. Have you gone? Have you seen Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell are doing a TV show now? No. 
So it's four episodes in. It's called The Shrink Next Door. Okay. And uh, it's I'm watching it because it's got Paul White and Will Ferrell in it. I probably wouldn't yeah. watch it if it didn't have him in there. It's not overly the top funny, but it's about this. It's a true, based on a true story. Essentially about this um this doctor, a psychiatrist who um who is rorts a patient of his. Yeah, and right. It's like a real life story is this doctor who was like rorted a dude for like 20 plus years and stole hundreds of thousands of dollars off him or whatever. And that's Paul Rudd plays a doctor, Will Ferrell plays the patient, and it's 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 about that. It's like what is it based like 20 or 30 Wait. years ago? It's called holy that. shit. Wait. What? Uh in November 2021. Stars yeah. officially ordered a six-episode series with Adam Scott, Jane Lynch, Ken Marino, Martin Starr, Ryan Hanson, Miguel to return of Party Down. Did I do this? What? We, mate, people, we talk people. What the fuck? I just Googled that, it now too. What the fuck? <laughs> I am, that has shaken me to my but, core. Unless I saw that in the past week and forgot about it and then just like, yeah. kind of like incepted myself, that is just weird timing. I don't think I did. I would remember that. What the fuck? And it's still going to stars and it's just a six episode season. Wow. Yeah, exciting. That's great. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah, fucking cop that. That'd be, that, that, oh, that, that's exciting indeed. Um, but yeah, Shrink Next Door, maybe, maybe give it a watch, people. I don't know. All right. Good recommendation. Uh, I don't know. Probably some other really good shows rebooting those. Yeah. But again, as you said, I actually don't always want reboots. No. Although I do, I do believe like, so I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm and it's better every season. It's better now than it was years ago. I do believe you could reboot Seinfeld and it'd be funny forever. That doesn't mean you should. Like, like how Curb, Curb is the same type of comedy and it's just going to be funny forever because it takes a piece of like social interactions at that point in time. It's that point it's in so time. Good. Like, it's so like good. one episode this year, they, they, you know, they had jokes about a COVID hoarder, for example. You know, and it's it always great. right up to the date. Like, yeah. So Curb's are fantastic. So Seinfeld could be rebooted and be, be good, but I don't need it because I have Curb. Yep, exactly. Anyway, let's go check right. out the Patreon for some... Sorry, Patreon. Just, I'm on Patreon Discord for yeah. more questions here. All right. Okay. Uh, Brenton Sloan says, if dolphins are considered the most intelligent, <laughs> most intelligent animal in the ocean, why are they seemingly un- unable to sign any established NRL stars? Should the NRL 17th license be given to more intelligent animals like chimpanzees? Well, we've already got the gorilla gorillas, Alex Volkanovsky's old club, so we couldn't, yeah. couldn't have that. They'd be suing the NRL, I'm sure. So. <laughs> Frankie asks, if you're a retired footy player... Which political party would you hit your board short wearing wagon to? Oh, that was tough for me. Yeah, tough look uh, for me, my former captain, preferencing the liberals as well in his like out of vote card thing. Like, fuck me. True shock that a, a, a former bra boy, not the best in in uh, politics, mate. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. John yeah. Sutton's fledging political clear. If you if you guys don't know, it's not going great. Upsetting. Uh, ben Qualiata. <laughs> Which two NRL players are likely to get most likely to get involved in a LeBron Isaiah Stewart incident? So one of them has to be a superstar, obviously. Well, then it's like Latrell Mitchell and someone, or Cody Walker and someone. Yeah, so it's got to be an older protected species involved. Yeah. So I could see Latrell Mitchell playing the Isaiah Stewart role perfectly. And the best part of all that was like the let the whole thing calm down. And he walked away and started sprinting again. That was fantastic. But who are the most likely to get involved in one of the Braun Isaiah Stewart incident? I don't know. There's a lot of guys who'd be the Isaiah Stewart of it. Yeah. Who's like an older player that's got something dirty in their locker and people don't notice it a lot? Like the Kansas would have been perfect for that. Yes. Rapana? 
Rapana. Rapana's a great one, but he he'd probably also be charging in. That's <laughs> someone ran at him. Yeah, Josh Reynolds. Like Josh Reynolds is if he's still playing. If he's still playing, yeah. Um, well, Vulivalu's gone, but he'd he'd be well, this, involved in the stats. This like did this. pretty much happen. Like, yeah, Brett Delaney grabbed Jamin Lowe on the dick in a tackle, and then Jamin Lowe king hit him. It was very funny. It was perfect. Yeah. They should do it again. I agree. And uh, Manny McP, Jalen Hurts is better than Lamar Jackson. Discuss. There's nothing to discuss. You are a silly man. All right. Next question. Next question. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Re- I, I really like. I really like Jalen Hurts. By the way, but come on, pump the brakes. Great step this week on his third yeah, touchdown. Yeah. My ladder is well. How good's he going? Uh, he's doing great. Uh, lots of NRL boxing has been happening lately, but what footy players do you think could compete in an MMA match? It's for mm. you, Bunyas, I guess. Uh, good question. Well, we know Cody Walker can throw a kick or two. Um, <laughs> we know Cam Smith loves to wrestle. Mm. Um, there's got to be, there's, there'll be definitely guys out there that do MMA training. Like there would have to be, but I don't know. Yeah, I've got no clue. A lot of them do it anyway. Like they do lo- yeah, lots yeah, of yeah, stuff for training for wrestling anyway. Uh, Adam Clunera, with very money allegedly attracting offers of roughly 650 per season from mobile clubs. A salary lower than that of many props and back rowers. Is it fair mm. to say that hooker is the most underpaid position in the play market relative to its importance? Yeah, I think probably yes. But also, you got to remember there's 100%. only like there's only like six or seven good ones though. That's the other issue. Yeah, but Reid is one, of, one them. of them, and he's yes, getting off like true. he get off like five hundred by power and like six hundred elsewhere. And it's like there's only sixteen of you in the NRL essentially starting hookers, and as you said, only six or seven good ones. I'm shocked Reid Marnie's not getting offers at eight hundred plus. I agree. Shocked. Anyway, uh, Mario, that's not really a question. We talked with that enough anyway. Ben Qualiata, what is more likely to happen first? The Detroit Lions winning a football game or the West Tigers making the finals? Uh, Detroit will win a game at some point. I did love that them them drawing or tying, as they call it. That was very funny. Was wildly celebrated by Lions fans so they couldn't go 0-17. They can still go 0-16, though, which they've already done. And, and Jez says, all one of my multis get up. Well, I mean, he's his multis are absurd, so. They are. Uh, and then Maddie says, all rugby league takes international game even a tiny bit seriously and tell Penrith to play the World Cup. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Every other sport uh, on earth is traveling internationally again, but apparently it's too dangerous for Penrith to go play St. Helens. Mate, the COVID or. risk, mate. They're going to be using that excuse for like four years in rugby league, aren't they? Embarrassing. It's mate, just embarrassing. The coronavirus. Or well, they can come here. Coronavirus. Yes. Uh, RCB Sharks. Tyrone May was at the Premier celebration, but not part of the public parade. Does this prove that NRL clubs only care about the optics and issues at hand mean nothing? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, we knew this already. That the fact he was already there, of course. It was just a way. Like, they don't rate him that much. And of course, they don't give a shit. Like, I mean, all the all the other posts from all the players showed, showed no one actually gave a shit at Penrith. Uh, and then he said, why well, can't C-, C. Smith just be the captain again? Well, we want that, so... Yeah, I'm cool with Cummins as well. Steve wasn't actually wasn't actually that be- the best captain, but it's yeah. I don't know enough about the other captaincy choices. I'm not tuned into cricket as much as I used to be, but people seem to be happy with uh, the idea of Pat Cummins. But I'm okay with it. I, I thought it'd be Steve Smith, but uh, I'm. It's not a great way for Tim's pain demise demise to come around, but it was overdue anyway. Tim Payne's demise. He hasn't been good enough to be at the team at any point, <laughs> but he was. He was the, uh, what do they call him? The hero their team needed at some point, they thought. And he's stuck around ever since. And he asked, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Well, you think the Ravens? No, I don't know. It'll probably be, I don't know. If I had to answer seriously, 
it's probably just going to be the. I don't know, but probably the, maybe the Rams. I don't know this year, mate. I, I really don't. I don't like it's actually the most open year in a long time. So no, exciting. no team was put on. Like I know that the Cardinals have a great record and keep winning even without Kyle and Murray, but no team has put enough good wins on paper for me to say they're the clear contender. Uh, Adam Clune again. Are we all worried that a lifetime people pretending he's smart because of how he is, how hot he is, may have set Pat Cummins up for failure with regards to the tactical side of captaining a test cricket team? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, just make Steve Smith captaining. I'm, I'm shocked in the Justin Langer area that era, a bowler was allowed to be captain. That's what I'm shocked about. Seems like a very big oversight. He's not part of the committee to pick the new captain, though. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's not that's a, a batsman. Justin says, with Penrith refusing to travel to the UK due to Richard COVID, I have a question. <laughs> and all players will get to COVID than, than players of other sport. Yes. Yes. They, they are. are. Yeah, it's a fact. Uh, Okay, over on the Twitter, last few questions. We've been uh, Michael or McKaylee, I guess, now asked the thoughts on the Paps and Kicks deals. We covered that. Ryan's Rovers says, sending dick pics. What is the, pro- <laughs> what is the proper etiquette? Uh, I'm not touching is, that. Is, is there an etiquette? There, there, there is, I don't know. There, there is obviously a point in time where women do want dick pics. They do sure. get sent. But what is the etiquette? I feel like I, I have sent a dick, dick pic to a willing party, obviously. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but I feel like it was I was reciprocal. I, I sent one back because the penis is an ugly tool. We all know this. No one wants to see that. Yeah, and it's not always in photo condition. You know, <laughs> it's, not, it's not always on its best best behavior. But you know, so it's. I feel like you have to reciprocate with it, not open with it. But it's certainly not go from like a couple of messages. I'm horny, then straight to dick. It's certainly not that leap. You can't make that leap. Uh, yeah. Lady Sue League says, I finally finished Sopranos a couple of weeks ago and it got me thinking, what are your best and worst TV show endings? Oh, well, Sopranos is the worst one. So it gets um, better over time because other ones have got so bad. That's true. <laughs> um, the League's last season and episode are atrocious. Um, I think Scrubs had the best, probably. Describe um, that. Well, it just ends. It's like, so it's kind of underdone by they do, they do season nine which is like Scrubs intern, but everyone just kind of pretends it doesn't exist. But like the Scrubs ending ends with JD leaving the hospital and it kind of does like this weird sort of throw forward thing to all the stuff that happens in the future after, after he leaves, like while this music plays. Um, and it's awesome. It's fantastic. Um, the Friday Night Lights finale I thought was great. Um, what else? Um, I thought Break- Breaking Bad, awesome finale. Um yeah, Game of Thrones that's, terrible. That was Game of Thrones terrible. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Are, I've been to this one before. Game of Thrones sucked for two seasons. People were in denial. Seven. People were in denial. I thought it started a sudden decline. Season six, seven was okay. Season eight, the whole thing sucked. You were never gonna get the ending you wanted. It was showing like as the episodes rolled, like it's this is there's not enough time to make this good. There's not enough time for this to be good, for, and then it sucked. And it's. Uh, that's it's a real that ending is so bad that it killed like a, a Game of Thrones had taken over pop culture, yeah, and it killed that so fast. And there well, is yeah, the another that, show coming, but yeah, the fact that like a year or two after it ended, we were in the like everyone was at home, everyone in the world was at home, and no one rewatched Game of Thrones. Not good. Uh, mm. And as you said, like Sopranos, I think is terrible. I never watched How I Met Your Mother, but I've heard enough at the finale. And know oh, that's sorry. Story. How did I forget that? That that finale is atrocious. Yeah, um, Dexter's back now. 
Well, I and, never watched Dexter, but I'm told it was so bad they just did it again. Yeah, so Dexter was one of those shows. So I I liked the first like season or two. I didn't love it after that, but my ex at the time loved Dexter. So I watched every season with her because it was like one of these shows I could tolerate. So we watched it all. I didn't, and, and the finale, like the finale was so bad. I knew it was bad before, before we watched it. Right. Cause it was just all over Twitter and the last season sucked anyway, but yeah, terrible fucking finale. Terrible. One of the worst. The show stuck. It, it fucking sucked anyway at that point in time, but it just, uh, it, yeah, not great. He, uh, he, it, and it's like presumed he died. Then it's like, it's just one of those things. Like he was dead. And then all of a sudden post credits, he's alive. There you go. Spoiled. Yeah. And Hilarious. he was working as like a working as like a tree logger. Oh. It was a lumberjack. It's it's all right. Uh, anyway, uh, that was terrible. Um, Sopranos, I agree, terrible. What else sucks? Okay, Seinfeld was a great last season. The last episode makes no sense. The show should have just ended. You know, the last episode sucks. Everyone knows that. Honestly, could have just ended with like you know, one of them moves away. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to end a show like that, but that that did suck. Uh, yeah. And then, okay, what's a good one? The best finales. Okay, uh, I was Ma- I, I, Mash. I'm about to say I'm not a Mash person, but I know Mash went hard. Um, so like I yeah, think the I most watched non like election or Super Bowl thing ever in American TV. Yeah. Uh, for my like Breaking Bad is the best finale. Almost every finale is bad, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, just, there's uh, more bad ones than good ones. There is. Um, Thirty Rock. Yeah, fine. It's good ending. Uh, actually, you know what? The Office finale is like the best episode of the last two seasons of that show. That's very true. So I'll, that'll go on the good finale bucket. And the faux finale, Michael's Farewell, is one of the best character farewell episodes you'll see too in a sitcom. So the office can have that. Yeah. Oh, I got a, I got another good one too. I watched, I watched this over the first lockdown. I watched, I watched the Americans with Anna. And the Americans about um, you know, t- Russian spies living in America and whatever they sent by the Soviet Union. They sent information back home, but they haven't lived back home, you know, in Russia for 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 a long, long time, for like 30 years. So a lot of this, a lot of the battle along throughout the series is one of the partners is more keen to return to Mother Russia than the other one. And uh, and there's blurred lines between their, like obviously their kids are born American. There's these people are real too, based on real people. Kids were born in America. Kids think they're American, don't know their parents are spies. Anyway, finale of that show is actually good. The whole show is good. Finale good. All right. Okay, we're done. I don't know what else finished. Well, what, what was the finale of Parks and Rec, Rec like? It was yet? good. It was know. good. They they do the they address like every character's arc going forward. Like they do like a little mini segment yeah, on like too. each. I like that quite a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Um, what, I don't know. Anyway, we can I talk really, about that yeah. kind of shit all day. TV all yeah, shit. We, we can talk about that shit. Um, okay, but yeah, the finale Sopranos finale isn't as bad when you rewatch it now because there's so many so many other bad finales since. There you go. Paul Max says being Breaking Bad was a great show shit ending. Paul. Oh. 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 Uh, this is a comment from Nobla, but I, I like the comment because uh, he says every time he sees Ryan Pappenhausen, all he can think of, think of is crying Krappenhausen, which is one of the great rookie takes, crying Krappenhausen. Well, yeah, it didn't it didn't even get on the bracket. It didn't win its week. It should win best bad take of the year because of crying Krappenhausen. 
Uh, Booners asks, first, the obvious, if Tim Payne was a kangaroo captain, would they have made him immortal, a TV commentator, or both? Ouch. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and Paul Mack, when should the NLW be played? January to March with AFLW or the current towards the end of the season so it finishes on grand final day? Well, they're supposed to have two of the seasons next year, so we might have both. Uh, f- for mine, I-, I do think the early in the season is actually a better time for it because towards the end of the year, a lot of people have footy fatigue. Like if your team's been really shit, a lot of people stop yeah. watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The preseason one, I like that because it's, again, everyone is frothing. Like the first week of Super Rugby, people watch Super Rugby because it's a week before the NRL season starts. It's true. I actually, I like the when the AFLW is because it catches that. And I actually don't see why they can't be the same way they're doing it. They can't be more than like one section of games a year anyway. I don't know. I know people want to see it concurrent to the NRL, but it's currently not in the right space to be concurrent to the NRL. So I, I agree with that. I would like the the, uh, the preseason one. Anyway, that's it. That's all the questions. They went for longer oh, we than I did expected. It. Yeah, I did too. Well done, everyone. A lot, of, a lot of questions. Long show for you guys this week. I guess there is truly no off-season, Mitchell. Uh, we'll be back next yeah. week. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash number rookies. You want to sort the boys. If you don't, that's yeah. fine too. Um, yeah. All right. And will have to come soon too. We don't know. It will be. All right. <laughs> Say goodbye, Mitchell. Bye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>